Hello and welcome back to Hand to Hand, Heart to Heart, where there is no simplicity, only elegance. And it's 1999 every time. The world's best fighting games are coming to your living room, and not only that, they'll fit right in your pocket. Hey, hello, this is Hand to Hand, Heart to Heart, the only fighting game podcast on the internet that matters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Amr, and with me is my regular co-host, Curly. Hello, I'm Curly. So, it's been a while. We, I feel like we say that at the beginning of every episode. That's like because it's always episode. been a while. <laughs> uh, like, roughly half of our episodes, we're like, wow, this took a while to make. Longer than we expected. You know, you know quality people, takes time. You can't shows. rush it. Exactly. That's why we're the best fighting game podcast on the internet. Yeah, the best fighting game podcast on the internet. You know, you can't rush quality, which is why we had never played this game together until, like, two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> and now we are recording this podcast. But... It is a game we've both played a great deal before now. I think we'd probably both played it a bunch before we even started this podcast. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, before we get on to the... Uh, the sorry, game that the, we're uh, playing, uh, it's time to catch up with the news. So, yeah. uh, there's been a lot. There has been a lot. And a lot of it in the last few days at the time of recording, actually... Chief among, I mean, the biggest piece of news, if we're doing headlines, the biggest piece of news is they're making a Melty Blood 2. That is, game. Is that it a Melty been, Blood 2 or a Melty Blood remake? I mean, the word remake doesn't really mean anything. Like, <laughs> it's. A, so I mean they they've said they you know they're changing some of the mechanics they're they're you know they're rebuilding the experience to. It's a uh, new Melty Blood then. Yeah, it's. I think it's. It, you know, it's. I guess you know it's not Melty Blood Two. It's not a direct sequel to Actress Again Current Code, but it's. Uh, it's <laughs> what you a know, name! It is a new game. It's not in four by three. The sprites are a lot bigger on the screen. It's very Unists. That one Unist. Yeah, Unicular. right. Exactly. It looks like Undernight. Yeah, uh, and um, which makes sense because it was always the same people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, uh, French Bread, the Undernight developer and original Melty Blood developer, have been confirmed to be involved. Man, what a great set of names! French Bread's Melty Blood actress again, <laughs> current code. Yeah. So move uh, over, Zack Snyder. So this releases to tie in with the Tsukihime remake, uh, which is a, yes. a remake of the visual novel of which Melty Blood was originally an adaptation all the way back in, I don't, I don't know how fucking long ago, a long time ago. And Tsukihime remake is something that has been like joked about for over 10 years at this point. So people are pretty excited about that. I'm not. I've heard that Tsukihime is not very good and I don't plan to read the remake, but I do <laughs> plan to play Melty Blood 2. <laughs> I plan to play Melty Blood 2. It has rollback netcode apparently yeah rollback netcode in a french bread game from the jump so that's well, we'll thing. see I... if this is real rollback netcode or it's second seven rollback netcode or street fighter 5 to rollback netcode honestly street fighter 5 netcode street fighter 5 rollback netcode would not be the worst thing in the world i would hope it's better than that because it feels like everyone else's rollback has caught up yeah will ignore him are a bit better than that right now uh so the developer 
uh, the, like the, the head of the studio, Kamine, has been saying for a while, oh yeah, I'm looking into rollback, and I'm looking into rollback, and you know, we're all thinking, where's rollback for Undernight? Turns out that they've been working on this, and rollback is going to be in this from the jump. So what implications this has for Undernight getting rollback are unclear at this point. But Melty Blood 2, people are pretty excited about Melty Blood 2. People will finally oh, yeah, have like... no excuse to play Melty. <laughs> Yeah, Melzy Melzy Blood's coming out of the bathrooms and onto the Evo main stage. It's gonna happen. Is it? Definitely, absolutely. I mean, it's got it's getting a it's getting a I console we, release. I don't think we need Evo anymore. Well, play that is Sony PlayStation's true. Evo. Oh God, I didn't even put that in the news. But yeah, Sony bought Evo. That happened. Yeah. Why? I mean. I... It seems like a pretty mutually beneficial thing, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I guess they have, like, their own tournament circuit. Like, they're always showing, like... They have, like, legit online events that you get, like, PlayStation 4 notifications about. Yeah. They're, and they're, uh, like, always putting up tournaments for, like, different games, like, every other week on yeah, PlayStation. They're trying, to, they're trying to move up in the space, right? Like, that's, that's a phrase that I saw thrown around in a lot of the press releases is, eSports is a growth area, which is one of those sort of vague meaningless things that people who move a lot of money around professionally will say (laughs) and like so you know you have all of this these like these leagues and tours being set up for you know people like blizzard people like riot games that kind of thing and all Mm -hmm. that is happening mostly on um you know like a microsoft owned platform right like they're not you know xbox game studios isn't uh like they don't have their hand in the mobile pie directly, but basically Sony they own a console platform, and if they can like you know try and bake the PlayStation Five into the next wave of esports development, maybe that's a good idea, right? I mean, yeah, think right. about it. Like, at the beginning like, of the like last play- console generation, they bought Street Fighter. Yeah, so that's buying what I was Evo say. is the next best thing, right? They kind of solid- when they did Street Fighter Five as a yeah. PlayStation exclusive. They basically made everybody go like, "Well, fuck, I'm buying a PlayStation. I ain't gonna give a fuck about an Xbox." Right, and, and like, it's so like legit this... those tournament standard now. So yeah, I, I mean, I guess they need something for the PlayStation Five because they don't got shit <laughs> right now. Yeah, uh, Melty Blood is not confirmed for PlayStation Five yet. <laughs> the, it's only it going to come out on PlayStation, PlayStation 4. Four, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. So no PlayStation Five, no Switch yet. Sorry, no PC yet. But, That's uh, fine. You know what? It'll. I I have the feeling in my gut that it's got to be on PC eventually. Yeah, yeah, we're anime players. We're used to like not hearing anything about a PC version until like a month before console release, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, it'll be out soon, whatever." Yeah, I guess you can buy it there. I don't know why you would, but there you go. <laughs> so yeah, Sony bought Evo. Uh, so confirmed are Tekken. I want to say it's Tekken, Street Fighter, Guilty Gear, and is it Mortal Kombat? Let's, I don't, let's, is it Dragon Ball? Evo 2021 lineup. Games, games. Yeah, MK, you're right, you're right. Not, not Dragon Ball. Because uh, so, Dragon Ball has this, garbage neck. <laughs> Dragon Ball does have garbage neck. But, like, you know, so crucially for this, uh, and, like, relevance of the whole Sony buying the, the Enterprise thing, is uh, a lot of Tekken players are pretty upset because Tekken players, like, you know, competitive Tekken players, I guess, are not mm-hmm. super psyched about competing on PlayStation Netplay because the, the idea is that they feel like yeah. it's, you know, higher delay, the net co- the connection is worse, and that kind of thing. I mean, the PlayStation uh, 4 has, like, a worse Wi-Fi card from the jump. Right, exactly. It's like, and the PlayStation Network is notorious for being slow. 
So everybody yeah. just kind of looks at him like, look, we only tolerated that because everybody bought a PlayStation. Yeah. But Markman said that they will be conducting the Tekken 7 tournament at Sony's Evo 2021 on PCs. So the... Good it's fucking not, luck! <laughs> well, I mean, it's an online tournament, so they, they were going to be doing that anyway. Like, that, that's fine. It's, it's when you start trying to run PC tournaments offline that shit gets really nasty. Yeah. And I don't recommend doing that. But, uh, you know, as long as it's online, whatever. That's, that, that's fine. But yeah, so those four games so far, and like up in the air as to what will happen beyond that like you know is smash gonna finally never make it back to evo because of sony's involvement who knows yeah who knows? okay well aside from that the <laughs> a new game suddenly got a season pass and it's Skullgirls. they heard our podcast they yeah. said, wow. I said that I game really is like... has been constantly in development. It's like, it's technically like not really over in development. And I was joking, but they decided, no, yeah, we're not done. <laughs> so yeah, Skullgirls, a full 10 years after its release. Skullgirls it's is like getting... It's like 33% more content. Yeah, it's getting four more characters with a potential for a fifth if the season pass sells well enough and maybe another season afterward. So... I'm ecstatic. Everyone in all of the Skullgirls communities who I know is like losing their minds because, you know, these people love this game. I love this game now. I've become one of them. And yeah. It's like it's you like, Marvel 2 heads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It truly is like the successor Marvel to Marvel 2. 2. <laughs> imagine if Marvel 2 suddenly got fucking 10 new characters, right? <laughs> people would be like, what? Yeah. It's, it's kind of wild. And, uh, and they're uh, like bringing back and doing a bunch of like uh, revised looks at some of the characters like you know characters who maybe have tools that have not uh, they straight up changed of... a bunch of the tools for um, Eliza right the, the yeah the test betas yeah yeah so they're, so they're, I mean, they're the like new... still going back and forth on it but yeah so the first new character Annie is currently available to, to play in beta she's really cool <laughs> she's like if Soul Bad Guy was a grumpy magical girl it's like it's it's a powerful brief uh, she has a magic bunny that shoots lasers and a huge sword like one of the most ignorant jumping heavy punches i've ever seen in a fighting game which and is yeah. notable in a game full of ignorant heavy punches yeah right exactly like it, it, yeah it's the it's one of the the silliest ones in skullgirls and skullgirls are all very silly uh so but yeah and uh while they're while they're testing and iterating annie they're also testing and iterating reworks on some of the other characters who have tools that maybe are not getting used so much so that's really interesting it's like it's really wild to see all of this new development on a game that is so long in the tooth by now right like i think this game came out on xbox 360 yeah right this game came out like shortly after dark souls you know like (laughs) (laughs) it's old it's ancient and uh not only that right but like we were talking maybe in the last episode or the episode before about how uh, it feels like Dragon Ball Fighters is coming to the to its end. Like we, I haven't put it in the news, but the last Dragon Ball Fighters DLC character, Super Saiyan Four Gogeta, came out pretty recently, right? And there was Ooh, sort of Super a Saiyan vigil for it. Like a lot of people came out and were like, "Damn, I'm really sad this game is over. I've really enjoyed it, you know." And that game's like three years old, <laughs> <laughs> and got four seasons. Yeah. That game got way more DLC than Skullgirls ever did. Meanwhile, I still, I still say that it's missing some key characters. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, they, they did, it's, it's, it's fundamentally a very different game. I'm sure we could do our... Maybe, maybe for, like, <laughs> you know, an anniversary episode of this podcast, we can do an 
excruciating breakdown of why we think Dragon Ball Fighters isn't very good. But uh, you know, I've warmed up to it, but I still get mad at it every single time they announce anything about it. I'm just like, this game is never going to be what I need it to be. Yeah, I guess as far as like the news section of this podcast goes, uh, that means that hashtag Lunch Squad is is it's over. The dream's it's dead. The dream no lunch, dead. no bomber ever. The dream is dead, as they say. Yeah. Thanks, Bandamco. When's Dragon Ball Fighters two? Huh. <laughs> never. Okay. Well, speaking of other games, uh, Guilty Gear Strive is delayed, but they yeah. put Eno in it. They made her hotter. I don't know why she's hot now. <laughs> she's not her character design is not fundamentally different but for some reason i'm like oh fuck she's hot what the fuck she has happened? she has glasses that's it like, is no, that it is that the only that. is that the only thing that's changed that was needed because like they, they obviously tried to make her hot in all the other ones and i was just like oh, okay whatever i'm like now i'm like oh damn am i gonna become an eno main is, <laughs> is this what's gonna happen to me that's not here i might just move on yeah uh, yeah, so they, they had a, a big old open beta. Overwhelmingly, people really, really liked it. The netcode felt incredible. You had all these like videos of people playing uh, New York to Japan and saying it felt real smooth. And, you know, it's syncing up perfectly on both sides. So that's pretty wild. Like, that's actually huge. Like, I have talked a little bit about it on this podcast, and it's something that's been sort of percolating in my brain, I guess, while uh, I played, uh, uh, you know, I played this sort of various versions of the game and talked to people about it and stuff. And I think I'm not going to, like, love, love this game. I think I'm going to enjoy it. I think I'm going to play it. But I'm not going to love, love it. But it's super important that it's a an anime game from Arc System Works that has real high-quality netcode that allows proper international online play. Because that means that this game's lifespan just went way up. Because people aren't just going to quit because playing it on PS4 <laughs> sucks, right? <laughs> play, it is fucking... A, it's not a poverty game. It's not a fucking Discord fighter. But it basically feels like it. It's basically a game where you have to go into a Discord and get matches for people, and like yeah, I think making people, an event. You know, I think most people would say Rev Two is a Discord fighter. You know, like really, if you want regular games against you know right. people, like it's wanna... it's not impossible to just go online and play, but yeah. you're never gonna do it. Yeah, and that you know that kind of feeds itself. People, you know, well, I'm not gonna get a game online, so I'm not gonna look, and then the queue time goes up, and so on and so on. Yeah, and that's why Rev, uh, not Rev Two, that's why Accent Core suddenly like just blew up, and just everybody's been, uh, people are ready for Guilty Gear, which yep. is really funny because I've been playing a bunch of Plus R, and then I played basically just the training mode of Strive, and I was like, what the, f my brain hurts. What the fuck <laughs> is this game? I don't understand what this game is. This game has more in common with like modern Arc System Works fighting games, like Dragon Ball and. <laughs> grand blue then it feels like past guilty gear games I don't, I don't know if i'm gonna think that's true if i play it for a long time but that mm. was like my initial impression I'm like this shit feels more like grand blue or dragon ball fighters than like trying to learn how to play fucking plus r but like you know i didn't play exerd so there was none of that mm. like middle step for me yeah I mean, it's definitely got a lot of, like, sensibilities and lessons learned from those games that Ark have made. But I guess, what I will say, I guess, is that when I have played it, I have definitely felt Guilty Gear is still here, you know? Like, other bits oh, of Oh, yeah, there's, like, changed, still all the, like, really like... silly stuff. We're just, like, fucking... Yeah, right. <laughs> the, right. You can, like, carry momentum into your, like, um, Roman cancels now. 
Yeah, yeah. So they've they've reworked that whole system. They've you know they've changed a bunch of stuff. But I don't know. I think it, it looks cool. I'll play it. Millions I feel of... like people are gonna find some real dirty shit once this game comes out. Yeah, definitely. Like even in the, I mean, there's a bunch, a bunch of people were like saying that the game would be dead on day one because Potemkin was so strong in the base. Like, people were already finding <laughs> this grind. Is third, this is third health into a mix of into the your, the rest of your health. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they had this beta. They brought it out. People broadly really enjoyed it, but there were pretty wide ranging complaints about the quality of the lobbies of going online and finding like the basically being put into a room with you know 50 other players and sort of queuing into a match with them with this 2d avatar system and really ugly yeah one it was really ugly but two it was like very poorly functioning which you know obviously accentuated everyone else's problems with all the other parts of it so basically they said okay, everyone really hates the lobbies, then all this work we've done with the netcode is going to be, like, wasted because people are just not going to play in our broken lobbies. But, like, good on them for realizing that because all the fucking Arc System works would have just been like, yeah, fucking deal with it then. (laughs) Yeah, remember fucking, remember Dragon Ball Fighters was just fucked for, like, two weeks on launch? (laughs) And then it happened again with BB Tag? Like, maybe that was email. Weird. Anyway, they said, give us two months, we'll fix the lobbies and the game will come out a lot better. And so that's happening. All right, I'll give them two months. I got plenty to play until then. Yeah. Uh, KOF is also... Is that this year? Uh, I think they've been vague about when KOF 15 is coming out. But they've definitely been pointing out a lot more info about it. They've still not explained what the basic mechanics and stuff are going to be. Yeah, they're like drip feeding them in through like little clips. They're like, here's all your favorite characters who are coming back. Look at our new art style. Here's one second of them doing a normal. <laughs> yeah, I think the trailers have gotten like gradually better. Wow, you can tell. I, I feel like they're really trailer. variable. Sometimes it still feels like, why are you doing it like this? And then sometimes, like, <laughs> you know, that was fine. That was passable. Yeah. So we've had trailers for. So we had trailers for. Because uh, last time we talked about the trailer for the the main, the, like the the main character of KOF fourteen, what's his name? Shune. Then, then we had the, the rest of is. Team Hero: Mei Tenkun, Benimaru, uh, Yori, Johigashi, Chizuru, uh, Terry. I think we had recently. Yuri. Uh, Yuri is also back. Yeah, and he looks really Look, good. Like yeah, most of these trailers, I've, in... I've come away from thinking, yeah, this looks really cool. Oh, yeah, Yuri, Yuri, Chizuru. Yuri, yeah. If these characters aren't from Fatal Fury or Art of Fighting, I don't know who they are. Who are these people? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. So every time they've been doing like the Millennium characters, I'm like, a who? A who? <laughs> hey, are you going to add Fio for Metal Slug in? That would be cool. When's, uh, <laughs> when's uh, fucking Ai, mate? The, the Neo Geo Pocket Color Girl from Neo Geo Battle Coliseum. <laughs> oh, the one that drops Tetris pieces? Yeah. She's cool as hell. She has like the best idol animation in all of fighting games. It's basically a Sakura dance. It's an idol animation. I feel like. Yeah. Oh so yeah. yeah, that's we'll KOF see. 15 is still coming. You know, shatter all expectations. It's it's happening eventually. If they still have fucking max mode in, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that's too much for my brain. I can't do it. 
there was a big at the end of February. There was a big patch for Street Fighter Five. Uh, the new season is it in? It, they added Dan Hibiki they from sure Street did. Fighter Alpha. Uh, the you know joke. Speaking of art of fighting. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, they added a, the, you know, yeah. So they the, even uh, gave him his mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They did <laughs> from the guy who would have been his father. <laughs> yeah. In art of fighting. Uh, so he's the so uh, his his like lineage is the you know joke character, and he's like really unplayably terrible in Street Fighter Alpha, but actually kind of a threat in Street Fighter Four. Uh, he's been like gradually getting better and better as they made more games. <laughs> right. Exactly. To the to the point where now Dan comes out and uh, Punk is like trashing nlbc with him because he's like so they so they had to fit him into street fighter 5's v system so they gave him uh basically they gave him a sort of yeah so taunt a bunch he's like he likes to taunt he likes to show off and you know get get pummeled for it but in this game you just do a you just do a like a punch and then you taunt cancel it you do another punch it's like you're playing under night you just get to reverse beat into your like your funny buttons and because he has like buttons that move him forward a bunch he can set up like spacing traps with it that's really weird yeah but, instead of making him like really weak they said they instead just made him really technical <laughs> so yeah. you do like a bunch of weird cancels that are also taunting your opponent at the same time and then he still has a super taunt <laughs> yeah that's like really good but apparently like if you let the whole thing roll and like wait until like the last taunt and hit and then hit him it does like massive damage yeah yeah it increases the damage he takes yeah so to like encourage you to let him do his whole taunt yeah and I, if you uh, teabag he gets a unique taunt <laughs> yeah he sure does i saw people uh i saw people who had like timed g's you know he has a g has a taunt where if you just stand still for like 45 seconds you like you know shoves he sticks his hand into the air and your opponent just fucking explodes and if you time (laughs) dan's taunt ending to g's taunt starting up he just dies instantly Uh, he also has an infinite which is i think the only one in street fighter 5 and not only that because they brought in like a bunch of balance changes with the new season to rebalance character oh yeah because in addition to dan they added a new v system which gives you an invincible backdash Uh, people have complained that street fighter 5 is low on universal defensive options for quite a while uh, so now you can spend some of your v bar which previously would have enabled you to use your unique v trigger or your universal v reversal to ooh, to uh knock your <laughs> opponent off you uh, now you can spend one of those v bars to get an invincible backdash that if it catches one of your opponent's hits uh, you get to follow it up with something called a v break which will knock them down refund some of your bar and so on and so on but uh what was I gonna? Dan Infinite. Right. Balance changes. Uh, to accommodate that new V system, they changed a bunch of the characters. And then they said, well, you know, obviously we're gonna need to do a correction patch. Some of this stuff wasn't implemented properly. You know, some of the things are not quite working how we intended. They did not remove Dan's Infinite. So <laughs> that's sticking around for a while. Yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> I can't believe they brought Dan back. Yeah, it's, it's a weird it's, one. It's, it was a weird one because, you know, it was that initial jab at SNK for basically making a Street Fighter. Yeah, because yeah. Because they basically stole the man who made Street Fighter so that he could make yeah. uh, Fatal Fury for them as a Street Fighter 1 follow-up. And we're like, and then they did Art of Fighting where, like, the dude just, like, had reused moves and they're like, man, fuck y'all. <laughs> and so they added this Joe character with all the characteristics and... Yeah. Now he's, he's like steadily a... climbed the... Now he's becoming a threat. 
Yeah, now Punk's <laughs> killing people with him. Like, what? <laughs> okay. Shin Dan Hibiki. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, uh, they've also teased and shown, like, uh, in-progress builds for Rose and upcoming Aura uh, uh, from Street Fighter 3, who oh, uh, his whole thing they is put that 13 he's, like, in? Sorry? Did they put 13 in? Uh, 11, the other way. 11. <laughs> Yeah, so eleven is like who's, a sort of who's twelve. He's like, <laughs> it's a like funny, your random select, funny random select. Yeah, you just turn into a you just turn into a, a, a random character, but made of chewing gum or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and they have like made a out weird of putty. voice, made out of modeling clay. Yeah, they have like a weird voice, and you it picks your V trigger at random as well. It's like a way to flex on your opponent. It's great. I've seen a bunch of people do it to try and like uh, you know. To flex on their opponents in brackets and die, so that's great. that's <laughs> awesome. Anything that encourages silly shenanigans. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Dengenki Bunko has rollback, sort yeah. of. French Bread's game from before Undernight in Birth. Dengeki Bunko fighting Climax Ignition. And, yeah, it's been... definitely their HD fighting game that they yeah. made, and you can definitely see where. I think they, the first version of Undernight Man actually came out before Dengenki Bunko. Oh right, okay. But you can, but it's definitely of that same type of like, hey, we made an HD, a formatted fighting game, and you can definitely tell like some of the mechanics and ideas are shared mm. between them. Yeah, and it also has a so it's like the Dengenki Bunko light like visual, not visual, like light novel, um, magazine. So it has like weird care really weird character ports pulls from like so sword art online and durarara the the further i get into like anime games the more i realize there are like fucking 50 of these just like some dojin circle was like hey can we make a fighting game of your you know licensed properties and they're like yeah sure but like None of, none of the licensed properties contain any fights or anything so they've like invented like movesets for them but but this one is like so disparate to the point where like kirito from sword art online is in it as is akira from virtua fighter because yeah because sega published it <laughs> yeah and there's yeah, so it's like a, it's a game with a green hill zone stage but no sonic characters <laughs> there's no sonic characters but there is green hill zone and there is a night stage and a virtual art stage yeah but it's none, so none it's characters. so weird yeah none of those characters just virtual fighter l wind of avicaria chronicles lady yeah so uh if it's not clear from how i'm talking about it i played about five minutes of this game and it you know it, it seems all right but they they hacked uh they hacked rollback into the arcade version so if you happen yes. to legitimately own an arcade rom <laughs> of this game you can hack rollback into it because it's basically running on like a lot of these games are running on like a windows xp yeah a custom windows xp machine and then they basically were like, yeah, what if we ported that to Windows? And then we did some janky magic <laughs> yeah. to get rollback into it. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I'll uh, fight Dengeki me online. Bunko, yeah, see, see us online. <laughs> Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax Ignition Plus R is I'm gonna, data now. I'm going to be playing the girl who is a gothic Lolita who turns you into a basketball and slam dunks you. That sounds like so. something you would do. <laughs> so meet me on the course <laughs> um other than that i think the last bit of news that we got is the neo geo pocket collection came out on the switch which is a collection of neo geo pocket color games and it's full of 
tiny chibi versions of a bunch of Neo Geo and even some Capcom uh, fighting games, which yeah. are surprisingly fully featured. Yeah, and so, then it so, also has like Metal Slug and uh, I, f- I forgot what the other one is called, but it's like an <laughs> action RPG. So this like so the, uh, this came after uh, they released a solo like it was the the, the headline was you know. Capcom versus SNK match of the millennium on Switch, and it was one Neo Geo Pocket Capcom versus SNK game for the Switch, mm-hmm. and people were like, "What the hell?" But then they also released a whole big collection of them, and people liked that. So cool! These games are all really cool, and they all directly inform the main game that we're talking about this week. So if you happen to be interested in you know the history of handheld fighting games, uh, I, I would recommend playing those. Okay, yeah. Um, other than that, I bought a lot of fucking arcade sticks. Again? <laughs> Again. I feel like every time we do one of these, it's just long enough for me to build something or buy something. <laughs> I see. That's why we haven't recorded it by now. We wanted to make sure that you'd bought some new arcade sticks. I see. <laughs> to be fair, two of them were not here yet because they are, we've been released in limited qualities as pre-orders. Uh, that's the hitbox cross-up. And another hitbox from Paradise Arcade, and I just wanted to see. I needed to know. So wait, did you get a did you get a Snackbox Micro or? No, I got the other one from Paradise Arcade, ah, but it's okay. also one of those like super flat ones right, that uses right. like custom buttons and uh, keyboard switches. Yeah. But it's basically like basically flat, probably thinner than your keyboard. I mean, my keyboard is very small, but I believe you. So we'll we'll find out about that. <laughs> Other See, than that, the, like equivalent for me is that well, you know, since we recorded last, I I decided that I was going to get back on the grind and try and actually like improve a, a game during you know quarantine because like locals is still way way off, uh, and decided to get into Skullgirls and got one week into competing and my stick fucking broke. Which was great. God, see, this is why you need multiple sticks. Yeah, if I'd had eight arcade sticks, that would have been way less of a problem for me. However, I have one, so I bought a replacement joystick, and that's that's my exciting controller news. I bought a replacement stick, and you know it works, so we take those. I brought I bought some replacement levers <laughs> to put in some other stuff. They're pretty cool. I mean, I'll I'll talk about them later because this new section is getting like a little long already. <laughs> um. <laughs> Other than that, I started another podcast. I rebooted the podcast for clickbliss.net, which is the site that I uh, write for and run with my friend RJ. And we basically just like do game reviews and stuff. Uh, we've been talking a lot about trains for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like every podcast, they show up and I play a new train game. Um, and then there's always like shoot 'em ups and Musou and just all kinds of niche nonsense so if you want to listen to some listen to us ramble about like drinking coffee coke and uh talking about that horse racing game that's also dynasty warriors <laughs> uh you can show up to that but i think we should move on to our main game which yeah, this time uh... is pocket rumble yeah
So, as we alluded to earlier, Pocket Rumble is a fighting game that is very in debt to the Neo Geo Pocket Color fighting games. It's got yeah. a very chibi aesthetic with like a limited color palette, but also one of the big things that it does is it tries to simplify a lot of fighting game stuff, not in a way that like makes them less complicated, but makes them more easy to uh, play and get to grips with faster. Mm, yeah. So like we've talked a bunch on this show about uh, because it's, it's something that you know the the genre is in heavy conversation about right now, like the the nature of uh, streamlining games and simplifying games or the dreaded dumbing down of games. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, this game has been around for years. Uh, and unlike uh, Rising Thunder, which you know has these macro specials and builds itself as a stripped down, easier to get to grips with game, or Grand Blue Fantasy Versus that has the same thing, uh, it's good. We really, really like it, unlike those games which we have decidedly mixed feelings on. Uh, also, F Fantasy Strike, a simplified, streamlined game that's bad. Uh, it looks Rumble, fucking ugly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, so all of these games are some combination of like, uh, like confusingly designed, uh, not fun to play, or very ugly to look at. Pocket Rumble is fantastic to play, looks incredible, and the consequences of the choices that it's made with regards to like how you input things and then, you know how complex any given thing is to do are like super clear and super interesting to play around, right? Like, mm -hmm. so basically the way it works is a lot of games when they try to simplify specials uh, they put a special button you do it Smash mm -hmm. Brothers style you press forward or back and or some other direction and you press the special button and bam your special comes out right away right mm. um, which is fine as long as you're designing around it and you you know what you're doing you can make a game work like that and there's plenty of games that do work like that and are successful but this one instead of doing that uh, it makes you hold down forward and down back, and then press one, press and hold one of the two attack buttons, light and heavy. And basically, that means every character's got four specials, and you can kind of generalize each of them into the back specials being defensive moves and the forward specials being uh, offensive moves. Because right, like, like if you, other, if you don't, if you don't, if you go into a character like not with no idea what's going on, like the you, you know, you can make those sort of educated guesses about what these kits do just by, like, well, you know, I can do this while I'm blocking, so, you know, it, right. it must have some value there. Because right? it's and, still but, back to block, so yeah, holding back by itself is, like, you know, just fundamentally going to be a defensive thing to do. Right, and then typically also the heft of the button that you would get instead of your special, you know, the, the A button, the light button, or the B button, the heavy button... Like, typically the special on the heavy button is heavier to, you know, go, go with that legibility, understandability thing, right? Things necessarily mm -hmm. progress from light buttons to heavy buttons to light specials to heavy specials, that kind of thing. So you also get to think about the added risk of if I hold forward to do this special, I can't block at the same time. So I'm going to have to, like, find situations where I'm not under significant threat of, uh, you know, being clipped by a button when I'm trying to input the startup of my special or you know other situations where i can not worry about that kind of thing mm -hmm. yep so basically because it can do that it makes it immediately legible like you say and it also means that like 
because it doesn't use a lot of complicated controls, it can just move the complexity elsewhere. Like, it doesn't right. feel any less complex than any other fighting game. It just feels like you have less overhead in this area, so you can dedicate more overhead to, like, a different area so to fill your brain. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I guess, like, just to sort of, like, round off the point about the, the input thing, right? So, um, so, obviously, then, so you start with, like, uh, like the Ryu character, Tenchi, right? Tenchi is clearly meant to be Ryu or Sakura or any other... Uh, Shoto. Shoto character, right, who has a, you know, decent mid-range buttons, uh, a sweep which knocks down, uh, a fireball, and a rising invincible special for when your opponent jumps over your fireball at the incorrect spacing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so the the fireball you input, is, that's uh, the light forward special, and uh, Tenchi actually has two uppercuts on the... Uh, the backward specials, right? Because if you're guarding and your opponent, like if you're low guarding, for example, which is where you would be inputting your back special and your opponent tries to jump, you can go for your, you know, your shallow uppercut to try and catch the jump. Or if they jump over your fireball, you get your, you know, you go from blocking to your, your flash kick, your like, you know, big fancy invincible reversal that if it hits uh, deep enough, you get two damage out of it, right? So that means that you get to defend and, uh, you know, access your defensive special at the same time contrast mm -hmm. to another character like um another character like subject 11 uh, his specials on the other hand are like uh it's it's a reward thing right so like his, his the specials that he can also get while blocking are like less ranged and less and lower damage than the specials that if he holds forward if he opens himself up he otherwise gets right so his back specials are both shallow command grabs that you know if your opponent is not close to you will whiff. So the like you know, and that's the situation you should be blocking it, right? That your opponent is like, uh, you know, pressuring you and hitting you with their mid range attacks. But if you're if you're holding forward, if you want to take that risk, then you can lunge forward or you can uh, get a, a super close grab that will do like the most damage of any move in the game, which is four. That's another thing about this game, right? Is uh, your health bar is 12 pegs rather than a thousand. Yeah, and every attack does one. Yes. I mean, some hit attacks do... Sorry, every hit does one. Yes. Some attacks have multiple hits, so they can do, like, say, two damage, I think, is maybe a normal for, like, a really strong special, but most of them will just do one. You're mostly using moves for, like, utility and spacing and things like that, rather than, like... You know you're gonna press the heavy button because it does heavy damage yeah yeah so like at the risk of going too hard about this one point i guess i just wanted to say that as because we're going to talk about like how this game uses the fact that its uh, control system is more readily accessible to draw your attention to other smart things it's doing that you know play in a more traditional fighting game space of what would excite you about that game is that uh even in something as simple as you know what specials are put where the game is doing multiple different things on a character by character basis with how you understand your relationship to the input you know mm -hmm. like sometimes yep. it's i can access two different things at once sometimes it's well if i give up blocking then i open myself up to be able to do this really heavy grab you know, that kind of thing right and i think it's a lot more legible to most people than mm. like some of the other solutions that other people have tried like there's just really fucking terrible mechanic in um 
fantasy strike that I really hate. Which is supposed to, like, um... Like, uh, imitate doing the charge move. Where right. one character has, like, a basically a gear icon. And as long as you're not, like, moving forward, it charges up. But if you move forward, it resets. Uh -huh. Um... I've never played and, this or against this character in fantasy. Yeah, so. and like if you already know how to do charge moves, like fine, it makes enough sense. But if you don't, you're like, how come I can't do my special? <laughs> and what is this bar that keeps resetting? And like it'll take, it might just take you a while. And and I think you can get it. Like I don't think it's like completely legible where you're like, oh okay. Like you can press back and then you can see, oh okay, it resets here, and I need to have this bar to do this. But yeah. it's, like, way less immediately legible than, oh, this move is strong. I need to press forward to do it. Or this move is to get me out of a tight spot. I press backwards yeah. to do it, right? Like, it's just kind of, like, a weird disconnected thing. And, like, a lot of... I feel like there's a lot of um, simplified fighting games that feel like they're made for people who play fighting games already. Mm. Who already understand the language and are, like... Um, fluent in it. Yeah. Like, right. yeah, they and make they sense be, when you already speak the language. Like played by people who will smile and nod and say, ah, yes, this will make it much easier for other people to get into fighting games. And then there's other people that don't like them and they're like, what? What happened? Right. Like, I'm not trying, like, not to be condescending, but like, you should make something uh, starting with the alphabet. <laughs> If you want to teach somebody, like, if you're trying to teach a language of something, like, you start with the alphabet, right? Right, yeah. You don't assume that they already know it, and then, yeah. and then just make simpler words. And that's, like, where the, um, part of the argument for, like, oh, they're just dumbing it down. Because it just feels like, if you were, if you were reading, if a, if fighting game was, like, a book, and you're reading a book, they're just making the words simpler, so that you can read the book easier, Rather than they're right. like trying to talk to somebody and like a diff like trying to put the words in for like more uh, beginner friendly terms, right? Like if you're teaching right. basic engineering, you like start with like very specific ideas and stuff, and you yeah. present them in spe specific ways that you're not going to talk about when you when somebody's already taken like four years of engineering or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, it's like yeah, so. To sp spin out this like language metaphor, right? Fantasy Strike is a game where like you know you know what happened in the book, but you don't know you don't necessarily like know why it was good, right? Like mm -hmm. fi fi Fantasy Strike is the simple Wikipedia of fighting games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so, true. Like, yes. So this game, you know, uh, and it's not entirely without consequence. There are occasional situations where, you know, this kind of runs up against itself. But I think the game overall comes out very, very much in credit. Uh, Pocket Rumble is a game that, you know, preserves almost everything about your typical Street Fighter style fighting game. It still has high, block, high attacks that you have to block standing, low attacks that you have to block crouching. It still has combos. It still has throws. And unsurprisingly, uh, uh, because, you know, your game is two buttons uh, and if you press both buttons you get your super uh so there's no like there's no throw macro available you can't press your mm -hmm. light punch and your light kick because you only have a light and heavy button so throws are like they were in uh older games like super turbo or old kof games or even guilty gear where mm -hmm. uh, you press forward and heavy and you throw in one frame and like you would think that is like frightening 
for a game designed for beginners but i think it works really really well uh, especially you know like if you give this fast powerful option that grants damage because it's two damage throws do two damage not one mm-hmm. uh, and it gives you a knockdown yeah. it's like it's it's similar to in guilty gear like you have this powerful option that uh it, it functions both offensively and defensively and then you know it gives a, it establishes a baseline basically for players who find it you know yep it's like yeah you you have to give up blocking and then and you have to be really close so yeah. if you're in a situation where you can stop blocking and you can just push forward and be like make them respect your space because you're going to do two damage on them you can do it yeah which is also like you also can wait against like well okay can i just jab two times though and do the same amount of damage and stuff like mm. that yeah um things like that but i mean you don't get the knockdown so then you just like you can immediately start making that calculus right yeah and it's, it's um, also like one of those uh i, I guess like I, I don't want to give too much like airtime to the this kind of conversation because it's not super interesting but like uh, another thing that people who consider themselves invested in fighting games sort of moan and complain about is you know oh if, if this game is simplified will it hand well like, like will it enable players who i consider to be less skilled than me you know like will it will it remove the really remove the skill element of the game if the complexity is taken away right and i think pocket rumble is a pretty compelling case that absolutely no it won't like it's still designed fantastically such that like you know you like you know, still have I, to play the game you right, still have exactly. to understand it right there's yeah. no you there's no like um button that's going to just take away half their health yeah exactly not for free anyway <laughs> there's a, there's that command grab that does four damage to take away a third of their health but it's not like you can just do that anytime yeah that's that's even some, though it that's feels like, like it sometimes yeah that's some peak fighting games bullshit because you get hit by like a command grab that does like a full third of your health in a game and it's a game where you only have 12 health right so if you took some hits on the way in you're probably like at or below half and you're like what the hell that was bullshit meanwhile the like the person who landed it is like oh my god i had to work so hard to get right up into your face and then make you stand there for just enough frames to grip you right and like mm-hmm. that that it preserves those uh things that like it's like the magic of games like street fighter 2 games like you know these classic fighting games that were sort of like i guess bottled lightning you know like Mm -hmm. they were so good they they launched a thousand ships they made the genre what it is today and that it does all of that with such simple building blocks so confidently like apart from that like minor those minor things that i alluded to which like super super minor this game is like so clean and tight and it just feels like it works you know and, then yeah, it and does this is before that, you get like super impressive into the characters which are like all their different like all completely different styles of play that mm. somehow work together yeah it feels like you move into a bunch of characters from a bunch of separate games and like somehow yeah, they're right. in a cohesive game yeah that's so yeah that's i guess with like the great victory of this game's streamlining of its uh mechanical design right is it's something that we talk about a bunch on this show is the way that fighting games within a game use universe like universality of options and then variations on that universality to distinguish between characters right like you Mm -hmm. know classic street fighter games where someone's kick button is a punch because that character is a boxer that kind of thing this game is doing that fantastically because each character really only has about six to ten things to be different than every other character and they're all super different and it results in these characters that, like you say, feel like they came from totally different games. But 
play together really, really well. Yeah, like nobody has tools that make you feel like, oh, this character is just playing a complete. It doesn't feel like they're playing a different game. They're all playing Pocket uh-huh. Pocket that's, Rumble, right? That's, that's not what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I almost made that mistake. I said that so many times. So much. <laughs> Don't say Pocket Fighter. Don't say Pocket Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> they're not playing pocket fighter nobody transform cosplays as Mega Man in this game <laughs> um but yeah like they they all feel like they're still playing pocket rumble right yeah right. despite the fact that like some of them have an have like a dash that is also an instant overhead but or some of them have ones that are completely invincible and like all their supers work completely different everyone has a separate type of meter yeah, and I and I think so. Like, like I think it's worth just talking about those characters, just because every single one of them is <laughs> so different. Yeah, I guess what I would say as well is before we talk about the character kits, just like why it works. Like one of the reasons that it's so impressive that it works like this is that like again we talk a lot about the show about like fighting games are very derivative, right? Like we're all basically playing Street Fighter Two ROM hacks uh, to some level. Like mm-hmm. these games are their derivative and they're like they're of a genre and the genre uh, context is very heavily established, right? But like typically when a character reminds you of a character from another game or you know it's like something that's part of the fabric of the game or like like Skullgirls has a bunch of characters that remind you of Vampire, right? Or Marvel. Or something like that. Uh, Dragon mm-hmm. Ball has a bunch of characters that remind you of Marvel Three. Street Fighter is, you know, it's got it's full of Street Fighter characters, and you know, KOF is full of characters that are reminding you of kits from other SNK games, right? Like when we yep. say Pocket Rumble feels like its characters come from, like every character feels like they come from a different game. Parker feels like he comes from Third Strike. June feels like she comes from an anime game. You know, Quinn feels like he comes from Vampire. But it feels like you get to play those games against somebody else playing a different game within this one game. It's like it's really impressive. Yeah, it's it's very much like what if a Dark Starkers character with all their kit could fight a Street Fighter character with all yeah. their kit. Yeah. But not in the way that like they're kind of like jankily smashed each other into like a universal move set and stuff like Capcom versus SNK or whatever. Mm. Not not that those games are like necessarily bad or anything, but you can see like the work that they did to like kind of universalize all of them mm. and like they don't feel universal like there's no universal aside from like the feel of pushing the buttons and stuff there's not like no universal like kit or um yeah approach in pocket rumble yeah like you know like 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 you said right uh quinn will do this forward dash he has which gives him instant overhead right and it won't be like in some games where you say okay he's jumping and he's hitting me what is my you know anti-air or like what is my universal option which is like slightly air invincible that will let me deal with this that doesn't exist like you have to Mm -hmm. look at your character's fairly limited like you know purely numerically speaking kit and see what interacts with that and overwhelmingly there will be something because this game is designed with that in mind it's very intelligently made yep okay so what are your favorite characters just to like you know illustrate these points so my favorite character is June. I love June very, very much. She's, she's a, bullshit. She's a, <laughs> sorry. Because she's bullshit like all yeah. the other characters. Yeah, she's total bullshit. She's great. Every she's single bullshit. one of these characters makes me like that's bullshit. They have something that's like that's bullshit. She's my kind of bullshit, which is that uh, in a ge- like in a game with characters that feel fair, like 
I mean, when you are losing to June, it does not feel fair. It does not feel fair. No, at all. because you you're just like on the you're like halfway across the screen, and she's hitting you, and you're like, why? Yeah. Why? Because she she's got these like super long normals. Yep. Um, and then if you jump in the air, she's got long normals to deal with that, and then. Those are so effective that you can basically control the game with them. But then she's got special attacks. Yeah, so June's thing is that she's like a ghost. And, uh, like, her... Uh, a digital little, ghost. Her little player card it has, like... It's like a grave... Like, it has a, like, you know, birth and death date on it, which I really like. And, uh... Yeah, so, like, her moves are, like, very sort of, like, uh, gothic and dark. Like, her hair turns into blades uh, her head comes off and turns into like a medusa head from castlevania it's really cool uh, or like a, a, a you know a giant toothy mouth that slams down from on top of you and you know it's lots of like body horror warping stuff yeah uh, it's like so, a bunch of like it's like sadako smash with a bunch right, of like yeah. uh monster like yeah mythological monsters yeah so uh so Right off the bat, she feels very like anime favored, because, sorry, anime inspired, because she has these giant air buttons that like you would never see in like a Street Fighter game or anything. Uh, so she can like you know she can jump towards you and have this giant like dish. Well, you say they would they would never you'd never see them in a Street Fighter, but you'd see them on only somebody like a Dalsim, right, except yeah. they're much faster. Yeah, they're the speed of other normals. Yeah. They're the speed of other normals, and they're like... I mean, well, that's the thing, is right? Is that Dalsim has these, like, long, thin normals because he wants to, like, you know, establish a big, long space between you and him that you have to cross to get to him, and then he says, you're going to be here, and points directly to that place, right? June has mm -hmm. that stuff, and then she also has her JB, which is, like, this huge disc of hit that you just have to... You just have to hold, basically, and if you don't... Uh, if you, like, it just hits everywhere. Properly, you're eating a shitload of damage. But what uh, really works for me about this character is that uh, she has this. So in addition to this kit, which I really like, and it lets you like, it lets you like get a knockdown and set a fireball, and then you do a funny like ghost dash. Like everyone has a unique dash in this game, and hers is that she astral projects her soul <laughs> it forward, and when you let go, she appears there, and she's like, you know, she can't be hit, and she is. Uh, She'll well, her ghost can't be hit, but you can hit yeah, her right, original yeah. body. Your body stays there, yeah. And then you get to choose which side you end up on, and like they have to think about blocking the fireball while doing that. And then you know, if you you can go a little early and throw them, and you know, lots of fun, fun, fun stuff. And oh then... yeah, fun for you. Sorry, <laughs> fun for you. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was so mad <laughs> every time I had to block one of those. I'm like, I know it's coming. Why can't I take this ground? <laughs> yeah, and um. And in a, if, if all of that wasn't enough, her <laughs> unique mechanic, because every character has a like a unique meter mechanic in this game, uh, every time she hits you, it's, it's to encourage her to move, right? Because she has this strong, long-range kit, and they wanted to find a way to make June players move forward. Uh, so whenever she hits you, it leaves a little flame where you were yeah, hit. Yeah, a tiny right? ghostly so she, flame. Yeah, if she hits you from really far away, she has to move towards you to catch that flame and build some meter and you build enough of those flame meters and every time she uses a special it leaves an after image behind and she can press the super button which is just both buttons at once to do that super sorry do that special again from where she did it last regardless of where she is on the screen or what she's doing so she can also make, yeah so she can like set a fireball and then even if you knock her down she can make another fireball come out 
yeah while she's recovering from that so you can just like pressure them from anywhere and even just like the threat of seeing that ghostly after image like oh they did special there that means like they could do that special again that's just a permanent trap yeah that could be set off on me <laughs> i during one of our games i uh i i had like i had built this meter but i ended up losing neutral i got like walked to the corner and knocked down uh i did a like a dp she has like an invincible special where she turns into a can and shoots her head out of it it looks really cool <laughs> uh and it and it and it whiffed but i sort of like survived in times I, I got up again in time to block uh and then when armor jumped to do their next mix-up i was able to stay like ready to block and just let my after image dp them out of the air and like it was it was great it's so cool yeah and the projectiles <laughs> don't interact with other projectiles so you can't cancel them out by shooting your own fireball or whatever at yeah. it yeah, June is really, really, really cool, and you get to you get to do honest to god like mix-ups in a game with two buttons, and you know it just feels great. Yeah, it's really it is really to go with that horror aesthetic. You really feel like oh no, what's happening next? Yeah. What's gonna happen to me, my poor character? What about you, Alma? Uh, Who do you like? Uh, I like Tenchi. He's Ryu. <laughs> Hell yeah, Tenchi's cool as hell. But he, He's Ryu, but he also has a flash kick because fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you know. Like, so, uh, like, 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 Guile has a flash kick in Street Fighter, and flash kick is, like, this huge thing that just creates, like, a giant crescent in front of you hmm. and is, like, invincible on startup. And the reason he gets to do that is because he has to fucking block forever. Yeah. In terms of, like, like it's, like, I don't know, like, a second or two to be able to do it. But in this game, you just fucking press the button. And he just, yeah, you just, just, fucking, just fucking gets it out. And then everything. And it'll do two fucking damage. Yeah, That's what you get for jumping in on Tenchi. Yeah. And you can just do that in... Yeah. And then you could just do that in this game. Because it's that kind of game. Yeah. And it's balanced around that kind of, like, shenanigans. Right. And then, like, while we were playing, we sort of, like, came up against the limit of that pretty much immediately. Which is that, like, you know... If you're playing against a character like Subject Eleven and you get your your DP blocked, you're eating a heavy throw, and that's going to do four damage. <laughs> like, oh, uh, every time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Tenchi yeah. also has uh, Tenchi has the so the meter system for Tenchi right is that every time every time Tenchi does a special, they build a you know a, a stock of meter and they just get a super fireball, right? Yep, and the super fireball is pretty good for doing like chip damage because if you take if you get if you block a special and then you have to block it again you you take that damage anyway yeah so if you block a special it puts you in like a temporary like flat like it, your your last health block starts flashing for a certain mm -hmm. period of time if you get if you block another special before that period of time ends you lose that health block yeah yeah so it encourages you to not just you know turtle and block um, but it also encourages tenchi to just constantly spam fireballs across the screen <laughs> to build that meter really really fast and you can build it like two two times in a match easy maybe even three depending on how <laughs> aggressive you are being but usually by the time you get that second special you're probably going to kill somebody hmm. and it's like it's it's kind of a good baseline because it establishes all the rules of pocket rumble yeah to play and like the kind of classic shenanigans you street fighter style shenanigans you can do but it still feels like 
hey, this is cheap. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Even the basic character feels like, this character's got some shit that's cheap. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting thing as well, right? Because, like, if two people who are, like, interested in fighting games, but maybe not that practiced in fighting games, like, sit down to play them, like, one of the sort of, I guess, universal experiences of, like, a game like Street Fighter, right, is both players picking Ryu or Ken and then doing these, like, fireball wars or trying to navigate against a player who is, like, throwing a lot of fireballs, right? And, like, mm -hmm. Street Fighter's inbuilt sort of, quote-unquote, balancing mechanism for this is that uh, fairly often, like, an, an inexperienced fighting game player is gonna like drop some of those fireball inputs or just get like a crouching heavy punch or something like that right with tenchi mm -hmm. that'll basically never happen so you early on you get to sort of it, it poses a, a different question right you don't like oh uh typically in this game you don't you aren't favored to like hope your opponent won't correctly execute their special you have to rep like you have to respect that option every time they could put it on the table, or certainly much more regularly than if they could in Street Fighter, right? And that it brings that forward, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cool. you, you, it kind of just lets you get your intentions out. Yeah. yeah. Um, without worrying about how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Once you get the basics of it. And it's a right. uh, it, one of the consequences of that, I guess, that it pushes these the. It can it can end up pushing the like the sort of what games are decided by down to you know the neutral decision making that people are so uh, invested Obsessed in like with. prioritizing <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Right, it's a skill based game. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> they made a skill based game by taking out all the execution. <laughs> it's okay. I still found a way to do, you know, brainless, no skill Okazeme anime gaming. So the search continues. It's four hit combo. <laughs> <laughs> now that's cheap. Can't believe you did four hits off a of normal. <laughs> I think, uh, I think. I don't know if it you might can have been do a special. more. I don't know if you can do more, but I think with a full meter stocks, Naomi can do nine damage. The <laughs> Never mind, this game's broken. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, the, speaking of, my next favorite character is Keiko, who is completely on the other side of the spectrum yeah. in terms of... Uh, type of character so she's a puppet character so what that means is that you have one character and then you usually have like a familiar type character that you control at the same time mm. and like how we said everybody has a unique dash instead of dashing you make a tiny cat move left and right so she m loses her dash but she can control a character separately and then all your specials make that character do different moves that control mm. the screen regardless of where you are yeah. So it doesn't matter how far you are away from her, from the cat, um, and it doesn't matter even if you're on the floor. Yeah, if you're if you're even if you're in hit stun, that cat's doing exactly what you tell it to. Yeah, as long as the cat itself is not in hit stun, because the cat also has uh, its own health bar. Yeah. So they have to basically fight two people at the same time. Yeah. Which is as annoying as you think it is, and it's yeah. even better because. The cats, all the cats' attacks are it turning from an adorable tiny bean into like an eldritch abomination. Yeah, just these horrible pillars of tentacles and spikes exploding. Tentacles, from this like spikes, cat. teeth, eyes. Yeah. Just this giant pool of meat that's trying to gobble you up while you try to do a jump in or whatever. Yeah. 
So like it, it can make things that like usually if you hit and you're safe, <laughs> you can still be unsafe because the cat can still get you if you don't deal with it first. Yeah, exactly. We had a, a lot of that when I was trying to play Subject Eleven versus uh, Keiko because Keiko was this uh, was the character I definitely tried to play the most before eventually settling on June because the the cat thing is just so cool. I did keep accidentally exploding the cat, which may have contributed <laughs> significant. Portion. Yeah, because her super instead of having a super, she explodes the cat for damage. Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine to use if you're like, uh, it's you a combo know, your ender. cat's yeah. low on health. It's a combo ender, and you uh, can do it in a pinch to just get some extra damage. But yeah, because the, the, uh, the cat has the cat has health, right? So if the cat's yeah. about to die, fuck it, blow it up. You might get the two. It's gonna, yeah, it comes back next round anyway. Yeah, but it is a uh, pretty funny to accidentally detonate your cat and be like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that did happen a few times when we played. I blew up my cat. <laughs> accidentally explode the cat. I'd be like, great, free round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, you'd still have like full health. And be like, no, I got nothing to deal with this. Yeah. And Keiko's normals and stuff are like still good. They're, yeah, they're really good. Keiko's buttons are really strong. Like... And you can still like jump in way more than you should be allowed to do. <laughs> yeah. On people, but it's uh, the, uh, it's it's, the lack it of makes certain matchups like no pretty much though. impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, this situation where, like, I was playing Subject 11 versus Keiko was, like, I mean, you know, I have these big, weighty throws that, and if I, like, first of all, I have to get to Keiko, and if the cat is turning the ground into spikes while I'm walking there, that's no fun. Uh, you would start every match just by, like, kicking my cat three yeah, times, right. and, like, stop kicking my cat! Just <laughs> immediately on round start, start fucking stomping the cat, like, get out of here. You end up with these really, really unpleasant, like, blender situations where the cat's on one side of you, Keiko's jumping from the other side, and, like, the cat's, like, threatening a high or low while Keiko is also threatening a high or low. Nasty. Nasty stuff. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> but then again, you were playing Subject 11, so you could just do four damage in one hit if I fucked up. I don't, I don't know if I, I hit that against Keiko too many times, but, uh, yeah. I, uh, well, sometimes I you would do it, and then you would get hit afterwards because of my yeah. cat. That happened quite a few times. So, yeah, should I talk about Subject 11? Or Yeah, I think it's worth talking about. So, Subject 11 is this game's grappler. As far as I'm aware, he's the only character with a command throw. Could be wrong. He's the only, yeah, he's the only command grab character. Yeah, so, in this game, obviously, every character has one frame throws. So, uh, if your opponent is... Well, I, I think it's one frame. It's very fast if it's not one frame. But if you're... Uh, instant, yeah. yeah. But if your opponent is, like... So, yeah, typically, if your opponent is not blocking you're able to walk up and you know throw them get that un quick unblockable threat in there that's not like a you know but basically having no, a, if they are blocking yes too. sorry yeah if, sorry you if your opponent is blocking block. yeah yeah if your opponent is blocking all your highs and lows because like, apart from parker i think no other character has a standing overhead and parker even he hops up a little bit first so. yeah i mean that's a special Right, right, but like it's a, it's the only like that without jumping and in, yeah. Quinn's like forward dash, which is technically a jump, are the only overheads that aren't jump attacks, right? Yep. So yeah, so what I'm saying is that like typically the high low mix ups off are, are like reactable, right? But mm -hmm. if your opponent's just blocking all your lows, that's fine. You have a fast unblockable option to to beat them, right? So subject eleven then hit, had all of his specials are command grabs, which are you know unblockables like this one so everyone else has this fast throw which does two damage and gives a knockdown so subject 11 distinguishes himself by having unique ways that like uh, to to leverage like 
throws with special properties, basically. Uh, mm -hmm. One of those properties is movement. So his forward light special is like a lunging command throw that will like scoop your opponent up, slam him, throw him forward. Uh, and his backward light special. Oh no, is it his backward? Maybe it's his. Yeah, I think it's his backward light special. Uh, is an anti air command throw. Typically, you know, throws will whiff against airborne opponents, but this one will only hit airborne opponents, slam them down, do a bunch of damage. So he gains more damage on his throws. Like his normal throw still does two, but his command throws usually do three. Uh, he also gets a really heavy command throw on his forward heavy special, which I think, as I mentioned before, uh, is slow to start up, but does deal four damage in one hit, which is extremely Which is more satisfying. than most supers. <laughs> yeah. So basically, he's a character who, like most grapplers in fighting games, like command throw-centric characters, he rewards uh being able to like read what your opponent is going to do because you know the this anti-air grab it's fairly slow to start i mean it, you know, it's it's fast enough you can use it on reaction semi-regularly but if you can read it mm -hmm. just basically slam your opponent back into the corner every time they try to do something uh that's it's it's very satisfying you get a lot of, a and lot importantly of you can make them do that <laughs> yeah right exactly so you can punch them into the corner do a move that just forces them to block and then you'll grab them and then it'll be like well fuck this i'm not gonna just stand here and block i'm gonna jump out of here and you're like yeah i knew you were gonna jump out of here <laughs> and then they dead. lose like two or three health yeah and they're like and then they get scared and they're like go well what the fuck do i do in this situation and just hit all the buttons and you go i'm grabbing now because you decided to push the button and you missed <laughs> yeah and then one of the things i really like about subject 11 i guess is how the game's quote-unquote universal mechanics like centralize what his game plan is because you know uh, everyone has a universal unique sorry everyone has a unique dash everyone has a unique meter system right his dash is he lies down and starts crawling <laughs> which means he goes under all of your fireballs and your like mid-level hits like he starts low profiling everything and he can cancel that very slowly into a normal or very quickly into a special so basically it allows you to slide under your opponent's fireball and then do your forward dash and grab and scoop them up and yeah, then you know how like voldo like, gets on his back and like yeah right it's a lot like voldo, and like yeah. crawls around like a spider it's just awful and it creates this sort of second layer of uh, ma maneuvering, I guess, where your opponent has to think about: Do I throw another fireball in case they get up, or do I do, do I think they're going to walk in and try and scoop me? And do I have to like check them with my sweep or something like that? Because lows in this game are typically sweeps. Yeah, and with Tenchi, it just like became impossible because I was like, okay, well, I just lost my main tool to like make my opponent respect me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and then you know they give up and they try and jump in on you, and you get your anti-air grab off on them, and they make a very loud noise. Uh, and then instead yeah, of... Yeah, I did clip my mic several times. <laughs> and then instead of a, like, you know, you hit this many times and then you unlock a, a, an even more powerful attack, the designers realized that what Subject 11 players really want to do is hit command throws. So instead of getting his meter system giving him access to a unique attack, uh, Subject 11's meter system tr uh, triggers every time you block something. I think it's after you've blocked seven things, say a bunch of fireballs on the way into attack Atenchi, uh, you gain access to a, a bubble, which is just a shield, which just absorbs... It basically gives you a hit of armor on the next thing you do, which means that 
if you were to say walk up and do a heavy grab and your opponent was hoping to check that with a sweep they're getting grabbed <laughs> right yeah yeah like it do- one hit of armor does not sound like a good special or a good super but when but the then if you can, but if you can so like high it's it's great it's so much fun yeah if you can just walk in take the hit take that first hit and then just like continue on to do the grab that yeah. takes off a third of their health <laughs> it's great like you jump it's in, a good super and, and and if you think about it right like you all it putting it right face up on the table is like a really interesting proposition right because all of these normal situations in fighting games suddenly become totally different if i have this bubble shield and i jump in on you what do you do if you anti-air you're still going to be recovering from that anti-air when i land i'm going to scoop you like so now do you jump and then maybe like and while you're thinking about this maybe you jump too late and i land in time to anti-air grab your jump like you know it's like real galaxy brain stuff it's really really satisfying Yep, it like sets up a lot of a ton of mind games. Yeah, which is exactly what grappler players want. So yeah, uh, like they they really did they really did what go all in. Yeah, with the grappler mindset. <laughs> this one. And you know, just as a just as a reality check, these characters have two buttons each, and they have this much. You know, they have two buttons and four specials. That's it. Yeah, on those same. And there's two no buttons. variations of those four specials. Yeah. They go as far as they go. There's no light, medium, and heavy version of the fireball. Yeah. It goes as fast as it goes. This game really is the exact opposite of Skullgirls, huh? <laughs> yeah, it is. We're Skullgirls. There's, sometimes it's light, medium, and heavy versions, and sometimes it's a light, medium, and heavy attack that are all completely different. Yeah. Uh, so who else you got? I got Parker. Parker is just a dude in a suit who's i think an agent of the government (laughs) (laughs) yeah parker is very cool his uh his victory animation where he just puts sunglasses on and puts sunglasses like that's it but his his stage is like a dino right it's very cool yeah he's instead of getting a super he gets a parry that he can do three times and as long as you correctly read and get that parry you get to keep doing parries yeah, but if you miss it. three times then they're like all right you're just fucking pushing the button you're you're taking away your parry privileges for for the round that's a really cool thing right like uh, it, i guess it's sort of like a, a subsection of the way that this game treats resources differently for every character but like having some characters you know build up meter over the course of the round and maybe you know to have the chance to build up more than one super or in Parker's case, starting with a full bar, but and and you know maybe never losing any of it, but risking losing all of it. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. And basically, the parry, you know, you just it automatically get a punish. So if you do it correctly, you can just threaten to not let them push any buttons. And mm. the window on the parry is big. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, when they give you a parry, they like make it, you know, pretty hard to hit. But, but here, if you basically know attacks come for you, you just push the button. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, he's also got uh, a dodge roll that has uh, iframes on it. Hmm. So you can dodge through moves and get around. And you can also get around onto the other side of people. Yeah. And then in addition to that, <laughs> and having his moves that like move him forward and hit things, he can also throw orbs into the air. Uh, high or low 
and then move them around with his other specials. And basically, when you put two orbs on the screen, they connect with a streak of lightning mm -hmm. that can stun them and yep. then let you, you know, get into a combo. Yeah, so you get these situations where you, like, you know, like, it's similar to what I was talking about with June, where you you win your neutral, you get, maybe you get off a parry, or you get, like, a, a mid-screen, like, advancing special connect, you get a knockdown, you set an orb, and you do it again, and you threaten, like, a weird projectile, I have to block this situation, right? Like, it, it's mm -hmm. cool. It's like this incremental advantage over the course of the game. Yep. And, yeah, it's not, like super complicated in terms of like things things that are in this game but it's just like a like a smart way to like bring in mechanics from mm. and inspirations from like other stuff and like these are tools that we like you probably they're weird you probably wouldn't see them on a character especially with this character design in like most other fighting games yeah like this dude would just be like a dude who does buttons and then maybe he'd have a dodge roll yeah that's another but thing he wouldn't have uh, like a space controlling lightning orb. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's another thing that this game gets out of its. Uh, we have we didn't like talk too deeply about this. This game is absolutely gorgeous. Like it's so pretty to look at, and like mm -hmm. the stages all look incredible. The character designs are all great, and the music is fantastic. But uh, like it's a thing that the game gets out of the an art style that was originally developed to you know have this wide array of snk characters with these diverse aesthetics at a you know a variety of levels of technical fidelity over mm -hmm. uh, you know these arcade releases to make them all play nice together and yeah pocket rumble gets a bunch out of this right because like you get like you say uh, parker's design maybe you wouldn't see this character with this kit in another game and it, you know maybe it would seem incongruous but in this game it fits super well yep yeah like the character designs are they they all feel like readable hmm. and they all feel like oh you know what this character is about but they don't feel like they're um typecast if that makes sense like nobody really feels typecast in the way like the grappler isn't just the huge big body dude right hmm. and things like that and part of that is the limitations of the art style but like even in like the Neo Geo Pocket Color games, like Zangief, looked like the big man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was still huge. So they they still managed to communicate in different ways. Like, uh, Subject Eleven has a big ass hand because he wants to grab you with his big ass hand. Mm. So they still, but he's still like he's like a weird zombie looking guy with like the classic <laughs> emo loser haircut from anime. <laughs> You know, where, like, the main character has just not washed his greasy hair before he gets his makeovers or changes them into a better one. Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, like, a, a weird part of fighting games sometimes where, like, everybody is, like, weird, very weirdly typecast into, like, different body types and stuff like that. Mm, yeah. That, um kind of prevents them from having like as much variety in character design and character yeah but it, you know it just kind of sidesteps that it's pretty cool yeah it's really really good do you want to talk about another one of your favorite characters yeah i just had a little bit i wanted to say like because of the three the naomi is the one i've played the least uh mm -hmm. so, like i feel like i've got the less the least of like a grip on 
like the flow of playing her but like yeah just as a sort of you know uh guilty gear adherent i guess i appreciate any character with a run and I, particularly any character with a run in a game with one frame throws because uh it gives you the prevent like capacity to be super super aggressive and like really threatening and make your opponent feel like they have no options because you're just moving so fast and uh in particular i really like her meter system because uh she's got this uh so I instead of her like uh, the a and b button triggering a super for her uh she stocks meter so mm -hmm. you well, yeah while it, while in neutral you just you you know you maybe you get a knockdown you maybe your opponent is like trying to keep you away so you just you build up stocks and then you get uh instead of yeah you, you do your forward or your backward Right? Yeah, you fall, you'll follow your backward super instead of like a neutral super, and you get both mm -hmm. specials on that side at once, and it's really really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dope. It's like kind of like doing an EX move, but mm, like even yeah. flashier because it's like combining two soup two specials into one to make a super. Yeah, it's really really cool, and it, yeah, it, it, I really like just as like you know, in a game that is doing a lot with a little, I like that additional note here where we're building a super out of like combining two of your specials in a way that causes you to sort of reinterpret the function of both i'm, I'm a big fan mm -hmm. yep also she has not... that nine damage combo which i found which is really cool <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous uh i think my the last character i want to talk about is hector he's just a fucking cool samurai dude yeah he's got a hat he wears a bandana around his mouth and uh all his he's got four bars of super and basically every time you do a move it's got like great invincible startup so you can just get it at everything and like even his dash is a move where he like does the classic uh samurai dash through you yeah and then you get hit afterwards um but all of them use up one bar of his health which you have to use your super to regenerate and then obviously if you use two four in a row and then keep using your specials, you're not going to get more than four health back. Yeah. So you're basically, instead of, it changes the way that you interact with knockdowns because you're using those knockdowns to like regenerate your health but instead of getting an advantage because you just have the advantage to start with. Yeah. And it basically, it's like one of those uh, fighting styles where it's a very patient and Every time your opponent makes a mistake, you're like, aha! And you just teleport to the other side of them <laughs> yeah. and make them suffer for it. It also creates these, like, really uh, exciting... Uh, these, these, these exciting risk scenarios, right? Because as, you know, you were, t you were saying when we were playing, like, uh, he can't bet his... Like, he, he's betting each time he does a special before he banks, right? He's, like, pushing his luck mm -hmm. even further every time. And... But then when he gets to his last peg of health, he can just go absolutely hog wild as long as he doesn't get hit he can just keep fucking going and that's like that's really cool like that that almost reminds me of sailor moon s right the desperation supers in that game in the way that the way yep. a character treats risk and reward change fundamentally right when they're about to die it's really exciting yeah and that has that dramatic comeback factor yeah exactly which with that with you still have one health so you know you can't just play crazy but you know you suddenly you're like oh well there's nothing holding me back from using up 
all these moves so i just kind of feel like i have a ton more resources even if yeah like the way i fundamentally play it hasn't changed that much yeah it just means i can kind of bet it all yeah cool character cool game yeah it's, it's just, you know it's just an excellent fucking game it's just an it's excellent like... fucking game okay so yeah we didn't talk too much about the like practicality of the game it's an excellent fucking game it's an 87 megabyte install I know I know a bunch of people are all on Game Pass right now. So like every time you've looked at a game and been like, "Oh yeah, that game's free, but it's seventy gigabytes." I don't know if I want to put the the room on my hard drive. This game is less than a hundred megabytes in size. It was eight pounds on Steam, and it has rollback netcode. We were playing netplay just now. As, as soon as Armor stopped downloading Tekken Seven, it was felt great, super smooth. Yeah, super well, I'm sorry. I was trying to get <laughs> Kunimitsu. I would have been done earlier if Steam didn't decide that it just was refusing to download instead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, like we're playing across oceans and stuff. It's and yeah, it's working it fine, and it's on the Switch. In case you were gonna ask that, yeah. it's on the Switch, that's, and it is that's... a great game uh, to just take out a Joy-Con. It's yeah. got two buttons, so yeah, that's the. I think with like one or two exceptions, uh, Pocket Rumble is one of the only games that has for me satisfied the fantasy presented in that one uh that one switch commercial everyone remembers right where they go to a rooftop party and they start playing multiplayer on the joy cons right like that sucks usually because the joy cons not a fantastic controller pretty great yeah, the joy cons are garbage i don't even bring my joy cons with me most of the time because i replace them with a good controller yeah. But Pocket Rumble was definitely one of those games where we're like, well, if I if I got a chance to play Pocket Rumble, I'm bringing my Joy Cons because yeah, exactly. It's a two it's a two button game. You can and go it doesn't require from, complicated inputs. Yeah, you can and go. I, from yeah, I can teach pitch, it to you in thirty minutes. Yeah, you can go from pitch to play to you know yelling about bullshit in Pocket Rumble in like ninety seconds. It's so right. good. I think the hardest thing actually to teach people about. <laughs> was playing it with fighting game players and them being like okay but can i actually just do the inputs instead (laughs) and like why do you want to make it harder for yourself yeah you are you can't you can't no you don't need to but yeah i guess and you won't want to (laughs) after you finally understand how the thing works a weird thing that's happened with this game is uh like a bunch of the last you know the most recent steam reviews you know for in the last six months 12 months or whatever are like oh this game's abandoned where they haven't patched this game in forever it's fucking it's great it's perfect now it's literally better than your favorite game right now what are you talking about like, <laughs> yeah i mean there's a couple like stretch goals and stuff they haven't met there's supposed to be like one dlc character yeah um they actually said that they wanted to port it to the neo geo pocket <laughs> in like a stripped down form on their kickstarter page so like that stuff technically has not been finished yeah and it's still at 0.5 yeah it yes. says and early it, it access it still says it's in early access and like uh, the devs are still like i i'm pretty sure i saw the dev tweet one of the devs tweet like a screenshot or a video of the game at like the end of last year so that stuff may still materialize but i guess the point i wanted to emphasize is that like it feels yeah. complete. Yeah. It does not feel like an unfinished game. No, it's it's a it's yeah, like I say, it's probably better than your favorite game. Like, you know, if you're out there like, you know, playing Guilty Gear Exerd Rev 2 and like crying because the netplay sucks, netplay doesn't suck in this and it's fucking great. Like, play this game. And it's still full of crazy bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you if you want your fill of crazy nonsense, 
It's here. Like it's and it's got rollback. I mean, and you can teach it to anybody. Yeah. You can teach it to somebody, and they will start beating your ass within the same session, and you'll <laughs> regret doing it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's quite know, possible. It could happen to you. It could happen to you. <laughs> I guess if I was gonna say like one thing about it, I you know mentioned earlier that like if there are if there do exist consequences of the negative consequences of the choices that it's made there are maybe one or two i don't know if it's like negative negative it's just like something that is maybe slightly weird to get used to if you're used to uh you know if you've played a bit of street fighter 5 or you played a bit of undernight or something like that and like the sort of uh, the flow of a situation is maybe slightly more understandable to you. Like if you take a few hits and in into a special cancel, there's like more of a palpable like reset to neutral or like a situation that you at least feel like you can mm -hmm. understand. Uh, in this game, because you only have twelve life, uh, jab jab does like you know two of your twelve <laughs> so, hit points. So good. Uh, which means that like scramble situations, suddenly you find you die really quickly, and that can be like weird to get used to. Uh, but mm -hmm. you know consider it just a motivation to if you find that's happening uh look into how to make your opponent stop scrambling you know because like it's fighting games at the end of the day that that is uh, a real thing but uh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think just do you have any any other closing words about this thing Besides, uh, play this fucking game. You don't have any more excuses. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 2021 now. When did this game come out? 2017? Earlier? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's so good. And, like, I, I've had... We've had... This year, we've had a revival for... Sorry, this year, last year. We've had a revival for Gears of Axe and Core Plus R. Uh, Fight of Animals got rollback. Like, it, it felt like for a few months, Fight of every other week, with a new game got rollback, and a thousand people, ten thousand people were like, oh, let's play this game for a week. This game had rollback the whole time. None of you have been playing it. Play this game. It's fucking great. Yeah, you always say that you want fighting games with rollback, and you want shit to do new stuff, and you're like, ah, I want this and this and this and this. The games are here. They're already here. We've been telling you. The games that you want, that you have the things that you want, are already here. You just have to play them. Now you have no more excuses. Yeah, and I guess, like, if there is one... Like, the reason that you shouldn't be uh, de facto afraid of or skeptical of games which are streamlined or simplified is that if you consider yourself to be a fighting game player who is, like, up on their knowledge of how mechanics work and, like, you know, into really complex games or something, that just means that a game like this can just sit in your brain forever... And you can not play it for six months, 12 months, and come back and have a fantastic time immediately with no startup. Which is exactly what we did before this. <laughs> right, exactly. I did not I did not forget how to play Keiko. Yeah. <laughs> and she's probably one of the most complicated characters in the, yeah, in the cast. Definitely, definitely. But uh, yeah, that's, that's basically our closing yeah. statements. Play Pocket Rumble. You will not regret it. It's fucking fantastic. All right. Curly, do we have any questions this time? We got one, uh, unless we got more since. We got an email from Nora Blake, friend of the show. Uh, friend of the show, Nora Blake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think we got any other questions unless I have missed any. Yeah, so. That's okay. okay. We'll take this one question. Nora Blake writes To my esteemed fight rivals, this game has a portable aesthetic quality to it, and I assume you'll talk a bit about that in the episode, but if not, what are your portable? What are your favorite portable fighters? Or if you don't like any, which do you have experience with? 
I played a lot of Game Boy Fighters as a kid, and sh like Shrek's Fairy Tale Freakdown and X Men Mutant Academy, and later one of the Dragon Ball Shin Budokai games on PSP. I also recently toyed with the Neo Geo Pocket Last Blade entry. I was no good at any of these, but I did have a great time playing the actual Last Blade afterward. We did, that's true. Uh, they should bring back portable systems. I miss screens with aspect ratios out one to one or close to it. Yeah, fucking square fighting games underrated. That's like we mm -hmm. talked about it a bit before, but the new Melty Blood being sixteen by nine, I understand why, but I'm a little hurt. You know, <laughs> it's not the same. You can be like those Melo players who can only play old Melty Blood. <laughs> I mean, still my current favorite game is 10 years old. I'm already one of those people. Like... <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's the same blood. But uh, yeah, so do you have any experience with handheld fighting games? I know we talked a bit yeah, about... Yeah, I played like every sh shitty anime fighting game on PSP. <laughs> I would just download them, download the demos for all of them. Yeah. Off uh, demo websites directly from my PSP because that's a thing that you could do. Nice. I think that PSP web browser was more functional than most of the ones on consoles now. Hmm. Um, there was like a surprisingly good Hitman Reborn one on PSP. Wait, what? Yeah, you know Reborn? The one where they have like a loser kid and then a baby from the mafia shows up and shoots him in the head to make him a badass? What? <laughs> no. What it's a real Shonen Jump about? anime. Okay. <laughs> it's a real Shonen Jump anime. Okay. Say I believe you. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a fun PSP game. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, they also have Fate Unlimited codes on there. Yeah, they do, don't they? Fuck yeah. Literally, literally, fuck yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty good. Developer, Shade Inc. Who the hell is Shade Inc.? Uh, Fate Unlimited Codes was made by 18 of, you know, every single fighting game you've loved. <laughs> yeah. Every, like, cult classic fighting game is an 18 game, I think. Yep, pretty much. Um, also, Bleach Dark Souls. Yeah, Bleach Dark Souls. I feel like we must have talked about it on this show before, but it's still in my brain as a game I would really, really love to like get to grips with and really sink my teeth into. It's yeah. like very much one of those games in the lineage of uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, yeah. Sunset Fighters. And, you know, it goes even further back to like fucking Asuka 120% and yeah. uh, Mad Stalker and all this other... Like, if you've played, like, the versus mode in Guardian Heroes, you kind of have an idea of what it's like. Mm. It's um, just... Uh, can go up to, like, four players. Yeah. Uh, uses normal fighting game inputs, but... Uh, it's, it's you know, it's Bleach. You you fight each other. You can do different special moves, and then you can use uh, the Flash Step, which is, like, this, you know, one of those teleporting super fast moves mm. to, like, extend your combos and stuff, and then do, like, ridiculous air combos. But you could also do ridiculous things, like... Uh, Bicon, the tiny teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, who gets put into Ichigo's body when he leaves for Soul Society. Yeah. Uh, and fight a Menos Grande, which is like a building-sized hollow. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't give a fuck about balance. I was just thinking, like, you know, is is listing all of these PSP versions of 
otherwise successful PS2 game is like a really in the spirit of the question. But Bleach Dark Souls is definitely in the spirit of the question, where like it's it's the kind of thing that you know we're talking about missing handheld games, right? Bleach Dark Souls is a game that just literally would not exist outside of specifically the Nintendo DS, like a fucking a, a DS like sprite based fighting game where everyone's doing these fucking fist of the north star infinite combos on everyone right like that just would not happen these days no you wouldn't nobody would make that game i mean i think there's like there's a 3ds game that i really want to play uh i think crosses over with oh yes this is really with dragon ball z it's yeah so it's a it's a 3ds crossover fighting game and but it's like you it's two separate games but you can play them yeah, together so you can buy the one piece 3ds fighting game yeah or you can buy like extreme Budo, not extreme like extreme buto den yeah or whatever which is made by our system works yeah <laughs> and like has a lot of the shit you're like oh okay they did this this move is in dragon ball fighters now um i think it's sprite based though right i i think or so. like basic 3d I, I feel like I saw... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I do know regardless, that, that there's, people there's, in quarantine have found like crazy ways to hack these ROMs together to get you to be able to actually net play these games. Yeah, so there's, it's a One Piece fighting game and it's a Dragon Ball Z fighting games and you can play them against each other. Yeah. <laughs> you can link up with the games so that you can play One Piece versus Dragon Ball Z characters, which is not a thing that hasn't been done before, but it's just hilarious that it's two different fighting games that combine yeah. together. Absolutely like there's wild. crossover fighting games and then there's ones that combine like a mech anime <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and nobody would attempt that shit on consoles no way so i guess i think, like... that, I think oh, yeah like i think handhelds are like a really fun space because like nobody expects anything serious out of them hmm. Which sucks in a way, but also just means like they can just do whatever they want most of the time. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like we've mostly benefited from that, right? Like the fact that these larger stud like you know these mid-sized large studios were given, you know, mid-sized large budgets to create pocket versions of these, you know, what today would be like megalith IPs that if they were going to go get into your pocket, it would be aggressively monetized for your telephone, right? Tekken Advance, baby. Yeah, Tekken Advance. Fucking I played rotoscoped so much. Tekken sprites crushed down onto the Game Boy Advance. Like, I played wow. so much Tekken Advance, and then when I went to play like Tekken Tag, I was like, why are there four buttons? <laughs> <laughs> I, I only understand how to play Tekken with two buttons. All these like semi-capable ports of Street Fighter games where because you only, i have like yeah. street fighter alpha 3 for the game boy advance where to do a heavy i, I kick, don't know how they put those in there you have to hold l and press a button like yeah you have to push two buttons at the same time to get like the media you can change it to be either the heavy or the medium but you have to push two buttons to get the other strength of attack yeah it's it's, it's, it's so wild. weird like the first time someone was like you know oh, i got i've got street fighter alpha on my game boy i was like what and then i saw it and i was like oh, no it is that's it they yeah. put they put like 20 characters on that cartridge yeah somehow i played that a lot too i guess i don't know if i've have i apart so apart from these neo geo pocket games uh I, i'm not sure if i've played any like handheld exclusive fighting games but i i, I i'm definitely often bringing up that 
I got into fighting games, like the first fighting games I played for myself, for my own, you know, enjoyment, basically by myself, were Darkstalkers for the PSP, and then uh, Blaze Blue. Oh yeah. yeah, I played so much Tekken and not not as much Soul Calibur, but I played so much like Tekken Five and stuff on PSP. And then surprisingly, fully featured ports of those PS2 games. Yeah. And then uh, Blaze Blue Continuum Shift Extend for the 3DS. Oh, right. It was a... on the 3DS and PSP. How? Yeah. How did they get that game on the PSP? Yeah. Honestly, incredible stuff. Magic. Um, but honestly, like, we... it was it was interesting, right? Because like for me, uh, the 3DS seemed like a as someone who you know didn't have a games PC at this time and was like. Uh, I, I had a PS3, but it was like I didn't have access to it all the time. Like uh, the the 3DS seemed like the perfect place to access Blaze Blue for like these long story modes, right? Like the mm-hmm. sort of visual novel style of that game's storytelling. There are there's actually, an entire visual novel ext- in every single yeah, one of those. Actually, extremely well suited to the platform. It, the fighting game stuff, maybe not so much. Like, but damn. Weird. Yeah, they. I mean, and that's, I think that's why they put, <laughs> like, two visual novels with Blaze Blue on, like, the PSP, right? Yeah, and right, Vita. exactly. Or was it Vita? It might have been the Vita. Yeah. Um, also, does Sonic Battle count for this question? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I got to play that, like, a few times with my brother when we had two Game Boy Advances for a hot second. And that, that was fun. That game fucking slams. It's so good. Uh, here, I'm here to announce that our next fighting game is going to be Sonic Adventure. <laughs> Fuck it, Sonic let's Battle. do it. <laughs> if there was some easy way to get in that play, maybe it'll be on the show sometime. Um, I'm sure we could pass that together, but anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll figure that out. I think out. The, the, next, the only thing that I want to say before we go is uh, there's a cool channel called Sparring with Scarab, and he basically does, he plays all these uh, stripped-down fighting games. Hmm. And, like, handheld fighting games. So he's, like, playing, like, the Gundam Seed fighting game or the fighting mode for uh, Dragon Ball Advanced Adventure on the Game Boy Advance and things like that. And he's basically the only person I see covering it. But it's just (laughs) cool to see somebody get really... The the videos are pretty chill. And it's, like, it's just cool to see somebody get into, like, you know, some Game (laughs) Game Boy original fighting game or whatever. Yeah. uh, And, like, cover stuff that, like, people don't take serious. Yep. Um, anything you want to plug before we go? Well, as ever, you can find me online at twitter.com slash curl underscore e underscore brace or at twitch.tv slash curl e brace. At the former, I do tweets. At the latter, I do video game live streams. Uh, I'll be tweeting about this podcast. I'll be tweeting about my other podcast, Rush Jet Radio. We just finished the Ruby Spears Mega Man cartoon. We do, we're doing all of Mega Man ever. Uh, probably before this gets edited, we'll be have our episode on Mega Man 5 coming up, a game which we kind of liked, but we were sort of medium on. And uh, yeah, we're getting on to the Mega Man EXE cartoon is coming up next week. That's very exciting. I'm very excited. Hey, but when are you doing the Rockman Wish Upon a Star OVA? Uh, oh, that's a good point. Uh, we'll probably, I don't know. We'll, we'll probably put that in a Patreon episode or something. We'll, we'll figure it out. But, uh, okay, I, I need to know for my purposes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Also, uh, yeah, you can find that also at twitter.com slash Russia Radio. 
that's uh, that's where that podcast lives. And I think that's I think that's everything I usually plug. I mean, yeah, that's everything I'm plugging. Alma, what do you got? Wait. Okay, so before I mention these other things, I want to say that I have also I I hinted at this last time I think, um, but if you are interested in the subject of simplified fighting games, I put out a video about that very subject. You did. It was good. And not only <laughs> do I talk about Pocket Rumble, but I also talk about stuff like Blade Strangers and even Fighting EX Slayer and other things like that. So if you are interested in the subject and you want to see other alternate takes on how to make games simpler without making them less complex, um, not necessarily, not that that necessarily is like you know the standard to judge it by because i think you can make a simple fighting game that's so fun but regardless there's plenty of interesting ways to do it already and if you want to find out how go ahead and watch that video that is at youtube.com and at and sorry that's uh on my channel cigarettes which is also my username at tw twitter which is s-i-e-g-a-r-e-t-t-e-s where you can find my very bad tweets. Um, I have no idea what I'm tweeting about. Uh, I will not know after I have tweeted them. And when you <laughs> ask me, why the fuck did you tweet this? I will not be able to give you a coherent answer. No thoughts, um, head empty. No thoughts, empty. That's how I post. Um, <laughs> aside from that, I have started a new podcast with my co-host at ClickList that I um hinted at earlier before that i think is at anchor fm slash audio bliss let me let me double check that Let's, uh, <laughs> yes and from there you can find links to spotify you can find links to i i don't know if it's on itunes yet but it's definitely on um google podcasts pocket casts there's an rss feed that you can just put in um so basically everywhere <laughs> except for apple podcasts um i'll get to that one but yeah, if you want to just talk about weird niche games, the last time we did a podcast, I talked with my co-host about how I really wanted to play these weird Gundam versus style arcade games, one with like a gun controller that you combine to make different weapons, mm. and fucking Anarchy Reigns. Fuck yeah, Anarchy Reigns rules. Man, I'm so I'm still salty that I never got to play. Anarchy reigns for the one month that it was relevant. <laughs> if you love, if you loved the experience of hearing Nora's question read out live on air in this pre-recorded podcast <laughs> that you're listening to after the fact, you can email your questions to fistfightyourfriends at gmail.com where we will read them in our heads and then out loud on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> If you want to make sure that you never miss another episode of this podcast, you can follow it at twitter.com slash h2h squared, where squared is a word. Uh, and yeah, we'll be we'll, it's, it's, it's just a great source for fighting game podcasts and news in, in general. Uh, you can also, if you have a shorter question, you can just tweet it at us on there and we'll, we'll read it. We're, we're not that fussy. Yeah, we, we won't let you, we won't force you to go to official channels only to get your question read on air. All right. I guess that's I everything. That's everything. It's been such a while since we did one of these. Yeah. I'm like, how do we outro this? <laughs> oh, we, we, we talk about what our next game is going to be, which we didn't decide before the show. So decide. 
<laughs> uh, I'm gonna. It's gonna be some kusoge. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be some jank ass thing that I think is fun. I don't know. Uh, there's there's a couple things in the air, but I'm thinking that we might do uh, a series of Mega Man fighting fan games. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. If it's not that, I'm sorry. We'll let you know ahead of time. <laughs> Just stay tuned into the Twitter <laughs> and our other sources. But yeah, that's a, let's put that as a tentative plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, as ever, our theme was by the fantastic Hazel, who is at twitter.com slash twinkleparks, who you should listen to all of her music and uh, and watch her YouTube videos. She's, like, killing it on YouTube recently. I, did, I didn't yeah, realize she's been, this was happening. She put out one recently, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go go follow her on the socials. Uh, yeah, uh, we do have a sign up on this podcast, which is that until next time, you better go fight some more. <laughs>